Hello and welcome to the Challenge Solutions Podcast. My name is Caitlin, I'm joined by Cole and Macy, and today we will be answering questions from some of our viewers. First of all, we want to say a huge thank you to everybody who submitted questions to our Q&A. We got some really good ones. Unfortunately, we are not going to be answering all of the questions that we received in this podcast because there were a lot and I sort of separated out the ones that were more specific to one of us instead of being more discussion-based. So if you submitted a question and it's not in this one, it has been saved and one of us will be doing a video on it in the future or we may use them in another podcast. So for our first question, we're going to get started with a sort of entertaining one. What's the most offensive, awkward, and funniest thing anyone has ever seen? said or asked about being blind and how did you respond so cole do you want to go first sure sure i can go first i think i mean just listening to the first story that kind of popped up into my head i was in the cafeteria and i was sitting by myself because i was it was during finals so other people had were like taking their finals and i was just waiting until mine and Mm -hmm. uh somebody came up and he sat next to me and he didn't say anything and so i like I, you know, noticed that he sat down, so I turned over and looked at him, and then he was just like, oh, hey, so you are blind, right? And I said, yeah. And he goes, so, uh, can you speak Bale? Which not only is Braille, not Bale, but not, it is also not a spoken language. Um, but yeah, that, that one was, uh, very funny to me, and I laughed at him, and then he left shortly after. Oh, man, that's... (laughs) Yeah, that's one of my, that's one of my favorite stories. Macy? Yeah, so... like several like uh one time someone told me i'm pretty for a blind person i don't know what that meant yikes i don't <laughs> um, one time someone said you're not dis- disabled you're just a little slow and that was <laughs> extremely oh. offensive um yeah so there's that but i think like the thing that keeps happening like a recurring thing that is just extremely like awkward and like out of bounds and completely inappropriate it's like so many people have asked how i deal with my period as a blind woman yeah. and it's like literally i just respond with it's not rocket science like <laughs> like what do you like it's not that hard you know what i mean like it, it's just so oh my gosh it's just so uncomfortable and it's like what makes you think you have any right to ask me that question and also I have like no idea what about being blind makes people feel like it's okay to ask like personal questions like that yes. I, I don't get it yeah it's literally it's awful and like, like a lot of other blind girls have said th- similar that they've had similar questions asked and it's just I've like had that friends. yeah I've and had it's that like, a lot what do you think like what like what do you you know what I mean? So that's my personal like absolute worst. Like please never ask me that question. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it's a little bit of a problem too, because there are some influencers on the internet who are maybe I don't want to say misrepresenting because everybody's experience is different, but that's one perspective. And I think people see that perspective and assume that it applies to more people. So when they see blind people that maybe don't have the same situation where they don't have, you know, someone that they live with who is sighted and can help with that, they have questions. And that's 
not the reality for a great many blind women in the world. Like some of us live alone and are perfectly capable of taking care of our personal care needs without help. Well, even when I didn't live alone, like there was never yeah, exactly. a time when I lived at home when that was ever a thing that happened, when that was ever something I needed like assistance with. So I just yeah. think it's so interesting that people assume. Yeah. Yeah. Assume no, it was never to. a thing for me first. Yeah. Like I was shown how to handle it and then I handled it from that point forward. Anyway, Caitlin. Um. So I'm not sure if this tops that or not, but <laughs> I was once point blank asked how I got into college, like was walking. Whoa. Yeah. So we have this big hill on campus and I was booking it up the hill to the English building with my guide dog and my dog mm-hmm. stopped and I was like, what is in our way? Cause he wasn't going mm-hmm. around or trying to clear anything. And I reached out and I slapped this guy's leg. And I said, oh, no, that's the worst. Yeah. I said, uh, I'm sorry. Um, excuse me. I need to pass you. And my dog doesn't know how. Can you step aside for a sec? And he's like, how'd you get into college? Like, no. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, Just God. how'd you get into college? Like, I was taken aback. So yeah. I said, wrote a good essay. How'd you get in? <laughs> <laughs> Good and he kind of stood there and went, you know, uh, and kind of, you know, was shocked as anyone would have been, I guess. <laughs> and I said, I was mad this day. Like, I was not having a good day. So I said, <laughs> well, that didn't help. Mom and daddy paying your way? <laughs> and he goes, yeah. Uh, and I said, thought so. And dropped my dog's harness and stepped in the grass and walked around and thank goodness didn't walk into a golf cart or anything. But nice. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No, I yeah. think that's the most offensive thing anyone has ever just point blank said to me. Well, also just yeah. in that situation, in that context, yeah. that doesn't it uh, is completely inappropriate to ask. Exactly. Uh, like I was walking, minding my own business. <laughs> right. <laughs> Goodness well, even gracious. in general, like there's such a thing. People just assume that blind students are just gonna be like dumb or like yeah. academically yeah. incapable, and that's yeah. literally not the truth. Like the majority of blind students who get the services they need, like, or I guess I should say the majority, but I know so many blind students who are like top of their class because mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we aren't spending our time. I don't know whatever sighted people do. <laughs> <laughs> whatever those sighted people do. <laughs> But like, so I just, it's so interesting because I've had similar things too. And it's just like, literally what someone told me, um, actually this was, <laughs> this was someone that worked with blind people and it really took me aback. They said, most blind students struggle with social and academically, but you seem to at least have the social part down. And I was just uh-huh. like, oh. <laughs> um, Actually, rude. I have a 4.0. So, like, literally, yeah. what? You're like, here. I don't understand what the scholarship. Like, excuse me. Yeah, and it was just like, was this was this in high school or in college? No, this was in college. Wow. Yeah, it's like I literally have a full ride to this university. Like, can you not? <laughs> so, people just like, and I don't even know where these ideas. 
I don't either. Like, I guess there are a lot of blind students that don't get what they need. And so they do end up in situations like that. And there are like influencers that do affect that in some, some ways, but then like, I mean, that random guy, like he's probably never seen another blind person and he's still automatically just assumed that you were not capable of getting yourself into college. How did you get into college? Yeah. How did you get in? Yeah. Oh, I were just nice enough to let the blind girl in, you know? Right. (laughs) He also said, but you're not totally blind, right? As part of that conversation. And I as said, if to make himself oh feel better. Gosh. Yeah, as if to I make said, himself feel dude, better. Dude, I just reached out and slapped your leg because you stopped in front of me. Like, yeah, I yeah, am. More evidence I need, do you need you to move. Because he couldn't fathom the idea of somebody who has no usable vision. Right. Being in college. Okay, Goodness but gracious. here's the thing, too. Uh, we have time for a small tangent. Like, sure. as someone who is not totally blind, when people say... You're not totally blind, right? And I have to say, well, no, I'm not totally. It's like, oh my you gosh, just yeah. completely invalidated every struggle that I have. As if because I can tell if the lights are on or not, and I can tell right. that like the sky is blue, automatically, oh, that explains why I can do everything. I'm obviously not struggling that much. And it's yeah. just like, friends! And like, not to be like, I'm not, I'm, I'm very grateful for the amount of vision that I have. And, you know, right. it does help. It does. Sure, but when sure. people say things like that, like that's just, that's another never acceptable thing to ask because it doesn't matter. If someone is using a mobility aid, they're blind enough that they're having a struggle and yeah, they're exactly. having to actively plan and accommodate throughout also, every using a refreshable <laughs> Braille display. Yeah, that's, uh, that's <gasps> not something that with someone with very functional uh, vision would do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah. You- but, you know, so goes the world of sightlings yeah. yeah man it was good to start this off with a vent i feel better right, yeah. i just lost like feels, 10 pounds off my fe- shoulders feels we haven't nice. yeah. doesn't, i haven't gotten it, yeah. a rant about the sighted world Ugh. yeah Ugh, that was really nice that's right. why i put this one first because it was entertaining and rant worthy no i like it yeah <laughs> yes it's good i've you know i've had in terms of like offensive i you know i've had people assume like everyone like my whole friend group they were all gonna go roller skating and i was like oh my gosh i'd love to and then and then literally this girl goes oh well uh i mean that's a joke right <laughs> i was like, like no 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 it's not and then i proceeded to be the only one who didn't fall um <laughs> yes i know right i know good for know. you yeah well i had yeah i had to at that, that point because now i felt challenged um, yeah exactly so but yeah i i don't I mean, I could understand rollerblading more than like wondering how I can do that. Then, sure. how did you get into college? That that's absurd. <laughs> yeah, literally. yeah. Anyways. I think the second most offensive thing anybody has ever said to me: this was on a bus. I was minding my own business on a bus with earbuds in, and this random lady starts talking to me and is, you know, asking me oh, are you blind? And I'm like, yeah, I am. And well, do you need any help? Do you know where you're going? I'm like, no, I'm good. I know where I'm going. She goes, I just couldn't do what you do. I think I'd have to kill myself. And I'm like, whoa. First of all, blindness is not my biggest struggle in life. Second of all, I'm pretty darn happy right now. And that's offensive. Oh my God. No, that's yeah. That oh my gosh! Yeah, wrong to say to anybody. 
about yeah, I actually, anything. I also <laughs> I don't care if it's in, blindness. Ooh. Yeah, in in high school, someone like, well, this this is like a long story, but like made like hand signs at my lunch table saying that I should like kill myself because I'm blind. Which, like, the whole thing is weird. Like, people just assuming that it's okay to, again, like, say things like that? Or that yeah. blindness is a big enough problem to where, to, like, that? In the, yeah. I, yeah, I've never, I mean, I mean, it's completely inappropriate to say about any Literally type of disability or any, any struggle. Or anything. any person. Anything. Can we just, yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No. no I'm... <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Gonna get me gonna get me fired up. But yeah, no, I mean I've definitely had the people who say, Oh, I couldn't do what you do, or I don't know if I'd make it if I was you, but nothing so just explicitly Lightless. disgusting like that. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Let's move on to a better question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've rested enough. Okay. Technology time. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Do you use a refreshable Braille display? Why or why not? What do you use it for? What kind do you have? And what do you like and dislike about it? Um, Caitlin, you go first because I think you have the more uh, like standard use of a Braille display. And then I use a note taker. And okay. then Cole, you don't use a Braille display at all. Right? No, I really no, I really don't. I do have a focus, um, but no, nah, I don't. I don't. I don't really use it um, at this point. No. Okay, so I primarily use a Focus 40. I use it basically every single day. I'm currently reading these questions off of it right now. It's what I use with my laptop, phone, iPad, whatever I need it for. I primarily use it. So this is 40 cells, and that's, you know, a pretty long Braille display. So I really like it for, like, reading and or editing long documents so anytime Mm -hmm. i need to read something lengthy or like proofread anything emails papers whatever i'm gonna use my focus for that i don't really use it for like typing notes with the braille keyboard just because i prefer a qwerty keyboard but you certainly could use it for that Mm -hmm. uh as far as what i like and dislike about it i really like the size it's super small and pretty light for something with 40 cells. It's got right. really good like features on it in terms of navigation. So there's lots of different ways to navigate and issue commands from the Braille display. And I really mm-hmm. like the feel of the display. It feels more paper-like than some that I've had. It, some of them are like plasticky, and this feels almost like you're reading on a sheet of Braille paper. So I really like mm-hmm. that. But I also really just like the durability of these things. Like I've used a focus in some aspect for almost my entire educational career. And now that I've graduated, I'm still using it for work purposes all the time. And they hold up like my first focus lasted nearly seven years before it started having a problem. And they're pretty pretty reliable. Like I don't usually have wonky issues with them. So, a huge supporter of focuses. I also have a BrailleSense Polaris that I sometimes use for primarily reading books. Like, if I'm going to sit and read a book in Braille, I'm probably going to read it on that just because it's a little bit easier for me to read on 
for like extended sure. periods of time for some reason. Mm-hmm. But I don't really use it as like a note taker anymore. I did when I was in math classes, but I haven't been in one of those for uh, four years now. So, <laughs> nice. you know, the Polaris just kind of collects dust and I pull it out when I need to read something lengthy. Yeah. So I don't use a standalone Braille display like the Focus, but I do use a note taker like daily. Mm-hmm. Like if I lost my Braille sense, I would definitely fail all my classes and the world would probably just end. Um, <laughs> Not really. Yeah. But so I'm in kind of a unique situation because I am studying music. So devices like the Focus, uh, I, you can't read a .brf file or a .brl mm. file I think is what it was actually which is what real music typically comes in when I get it and so like I have to have something else but I also prefer to write in braille when I take my notes and things like that and so for me it okay. makes more sense since I have to have a note taker anyway to just put all my notes and everything on the note taker um Right. So that's what I do most of the time. And then also that Braille Sense, I have the Braille Sense 6. I actually did a review on it if you're interested. Um, it's on the Challenge Solutions YouTube channel. But it, oh yeah. But it also functions as a Braille display. Like you can compare it to your phone or your laptop or whatever. So sure. I do use it that way for like emails, proofreading papers that I've done in because uh, if I'm writing a paper, I usually use a computer because I want like good word processing software. I would not recommend trying to format with a uh, Braille sense. Definitely um, not. Hey, yep, yep. Yeah, or any note taker for that point, for that matter. Um, so I basically use it for like proofreading, and if I need to read something that's on the computer, then I'll use it for that. But mainly, I use it for storing all my music and then taking notes. And then, like Caitlin said, when I was in a math class, which my last one was three years ago. Yeah, so nice. Um, when I was in a math class, I used it for um, that. So, yeah. All righty. So our next one is tips for improving O&M skills. I'm a blind college student really struggling to navigate campus. White cane user. Mm-hmm. Okay, so cane user. Yeah, so I'm going to assume they're probably close to totally blind if not totally blind and i am gonna say that i've been there as someone right. oh, who yeah. For grew sure. up in a pretty small well a very small town and then moved to college navigating with a cane was pretty nightmarish at first it's a very massive shift yeah so you're not alone um in terms of improving o&m skills this is gonna sound like terrible advice but my best advice is to suck it up and practice (laughs) that's exactly what i was gonna say in nicer words yeah yeah so with a lot of things like that the only way you're gonna build your confidence is by doing it you know yeah Yeah. and that's one of the most important things with onm is having that confidence to even just go out and, and do it in the first place right um and that can sometimes be one of the major struggles so yeah going out uh doing it i mean yeah i i still get lost every now and then you know yeah um, me too. It, it happens and um but becoming confident in your ability to get unlost is really important so that way that you then you aren't paralyzed by the fear of getting lost you know um, right yes and 
yeah, you know, of course there are there are smaller things you can do here and there. There are different apps you can use. Um, you know, you can maybe if you don't like the way a route's going, try to change it in a way that works better for you. You know, but those are all more specific. In general, I do think, yeah, just going out and just at least Real once a day. You get it right. It's basically yeah. what I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. The more time you can get with an O&M instructor, the of better course, off yeah. you're going to be. Yes. Um, especially if you haven't really used a cane much before. The more time you can get with a person who knows how a cane should be used, the better you're going to be because you may be doing little things here and there in terms of like cane technique that are throwing you off. And an sure. instructor can correct that. Mm-hmm. And also just, you know, the more times you work a route with someone who's going to correct any problems, the better you're going to be able to commit that to muscle memory. Whereas if you keep messing it up over and over and over again mm-hmm. and not getting any better at doing it, then you're going to eventually commit the wrong thing to muscle memory, in my experience. Uh, sure. I've done that yeah. before. Also... Technology like blind square can be yes, really that's helpful. Yep, yep. When I first moved to college and um really wasn't used to cane travel, I would wear bone conduction headphones. I would open blind square. I'd put my phone in my pocket and I would just walk and, you know, keep up with where you are and what's around you, obviously, but listen to blind square, familiarize yourself with the streets and, uh, the buildings that are around you and then start if you know you're going to be at a certain building a lot or if you have a building that you can sort of reset from so like home base where you can go and yep. reorient and figure out how to get to your next place from there landmark it in blind square and that way you always have a beacon that you can walk towards with blind square to reorient yourself i think that's to set really yourself helpful. up from Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also That's... technology like Ira. Like if you're lacking confidence, of especially, obviously make sure you've, you're going to have cell service and a decent GPS signal. Right. Yeah. Most of this route. Like you don't want to get, you know, stranded without. Be safe. That. Be safe. But call Ira and have the agents work routes with you. That way there's someone there. You're not going to be in serious danger. You're not going to do anything super mm-hmm. unsafe. And you're able to walk this route with a little bit of... But you're still doing it on your own. Yeah, you're still doing it on your own without an instructor or a friend over your shoulder. But you have mm-hmm. someone there to prevent anything disastrous from happening. And even even just doing that alone can can also build your confidence that in the future, if you get lost, that you can call Iroh, which you can. And and, yeah. they will, and you can get out of those situations. Yeah, Iroh is a very helpful tool. Yes. Yeah, that's that's basically exactly what I was going to say, too. So, I mean, like, obviously, advice number one is you do need orientation orientation and mobility instruction, like, with a person yes, who is absolutely. trained, who can tell you where to go. So if you Do not try to make your own routes on your own college campus. That does not work. <laughs> um, but once you have pieces of technology, once you, well, once you have that, and then you have pieces of technology like blind square and ira then you know at that point like there comes a point where we kind of touched on this you get 
comfortable with not knowing exactly where you're going. Like mm-hmm. as an example of this, I and I know our campus very well. I gave campus tours over the summer. Like, but there are still, you know, nooks and crannies that I sure. don't know. The other day I was like, well, I have to go to the treasurer's office because I'm the treasurer for an, an organization. And I was like, I have no earthly idea where this place is. And someone was like, well, I think it's like, moved it you know, they did. It was day after they moved it. I went Ugh. to their old office yeah. and it was not there yeah, anymore. I did that same thing. <laughs> yes. And so then uh, someone was like, "I it should be by like Bookstore. the Walmart on yeah. campus in the, in the Garland like center. And so I was like, well, I guess I'm going to go yep. and we're going to figure it out. And so, you know, knowing that I wasn't going to know where I was going. Nope. And I was going to walk back and forth. But ultimately, I had like apps in my pocket that I wasn't going to get lost. I wasn't going to yep. end up, you know, down some back alley in the middle of nowhere. You have your safety nets. Because, yeah. And I think that gives you confidence. And just remembering that, like, for me, a big thing that stops me or used to stop me from, like, going and doing what I wanted, regardless of whether I really had the O&M to be there or not, was just, like, I didn't want to look blind. Like, yep. like the worst part about being lost, in my opinion, is looking lost. Cause you yeah. know, yes. everyone's watching you and they're being yeah. like, that is a blind person and they don't know where they are. And then people start asking you for help. And like the whole thing is a, you know, but at some point you kind of have to realize, wait a second, like I am blind. I have every excuse to be lost. And if those people want to look at me <laughs> right? like, yeah. that's their problem. You know what I mean? And so like, not to say, you know, go wander off into the middle of nowhere but sure, be safe I right think just yeah. like knowing that it's okay to not be perfect and yeah. you have your safety nets there and just knowing that there comes a point where you have to just like step out of your dorm room and know that it may not be good but that you're gonna get there in the end and then do it yeah yep yep yeah i that's had a really uh, good advice yeah i had i had a class uh this semester that was uh, i have it was a bit of a tough one uh, for for Nutmeg and I to get uh, immediately, um, and I was like, you know what, this is. Uh, <laughs> I as we were leaving, I was like, yeah, we're probably gonna get lost, but we're gonna we're we're gonna figure this out. And actually, she she did perfect on the way down there. Um, but you know, just having that mindset of going in, just being like, you know what, I'm gonna get there um, somehow, right? Yes. Um, and knowing. In feeling confident that that's going to happen because worst comes to absolute worst, I'll go ask a sightling, right? And be like, hey, yeah. I'm a little lost. Here's the building. Here's the class I'm looking for. It's been my first time trying to go to it or whatever. And nobody's going to judge you, right? right. Uh, I, I, they will understand. Um, and if they didn't, I think well, we should blindfold them, spin them around three times and tell them to find their, find their <laughs> Right, <game."> exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, as we say, basically every podcast at this point, we all want to look perfect and we want to represent the blind community in the most perfect way. At the end of the day, we have struggles. And one of those struggles is sometimes having no earthly idea where we are, where we're going. Oh, And so if we have to do whatever we have to do to get to where we need to go, like, that's okay. Because you're still out there on your own and you're still getting there. That is still independence. I hope, I hope the people realize that. Definitely. And also along the lines of asking for help, something that, well, I used to have a big problem with accepting help and it, it's okay Mm -hmm. to take help. Like if you just don't know where you're going and a kind stranger comes up and says, Hey, do you need any help? It's okay to say, yeah, can I take your arm? Here's where I need to be. 
and let yep. them take you. But I did also, that the other day. Yeah, I do it on a regular basis. Um, but something that really helped me too with strengthening my O&M skills was taking them up on the offer, but instead of having them guide me, I would ask them to give me directions. And sure. you're yeah. gonna have people that don't give blindy friendly directions. You're gonna have to explain yeah. the kind of directions you need. But if you make them tell you where you are and then give you blindy directions to get to where you need to go and then you try to mm -hmm. do it that's going to improve your own orientation in terms of like directional abilities but also your cane skills because you're going to be finding the landmarks that they gave you and even if you have yeah, to exactly. ask two other people if you're still on the right track sure. that's okay that's still going to eventually get you there and it's going to help you map this place a little bit better for future reference and that's something that's that true really helped me a lot that's of course if you have time to kill and you you know have time to <laughs> right ask yeah for so, some, sometimes it's, people it's very time constricting <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah our next question kind of touches on what we were talking about earlier in terms of braille versus screen readers i probably should have switched this order but i didn't the question is i've seen some debate over whether or not braille literacy is still as important as it once was with the increase in screen readers and OCR technology. Thoughts? As somebody who is not the most Braille literate, um, I would say it is still important. I do believe that it is less important than it used to be. That does not mean that it's useless. <laughs> you still have to be able to read the bathroom signs. Exactly. 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 <laughs> and the elevator buttons. Room numbers. Room um, menus. Cards. Like playing card games. Uno. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It, definitely know your know, you know, numbers and uncontracted braille enough to to get through those braille signs. It is still important. I don't believe it's as important as it used to be. Here's my take on this. So mm -hmm. I, for some context, I've been blind since I was 17 months old. I started learning Braille at the age of four. I'm a very proficient Braille reader. And I'm a writer. And I think Braille is very important. I think you should have the ability to read if that is what you're going to be doing. Like, if you're a blind person going into a creative writing degree, I'm sorry. You need to be pretty good at Braille. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you're not, if you're a business major and your career does not depend on you writing an absolutely perfectly proofread anything, mm -hmm. you're probably okay. The other part of this statement is that if you lose your vision early in life, I think people are doing you a huge disservice if they do not teach you Braille and get you proficient yes. in braille yes as soon as possible yeah. because mm -hmm. it's going to make your educational experience better and it's just a good skill to have like you need to be able to have the ability to read obviously signs and all that but also proofread emails like writing emails is really important for everybody and you need to be able to proofread them and i think learning braille and becoming proficient in it is just going to make that better however yeah if you lose your vision later in life like cole did you probably have bigger priorities and i don't know yeah. like 
I still think Braille is important. I think it is. No, it definitely is. If somebody says, I need to be able to read, like I've got to be able to do this, then they need to be proficient in Braille, no matter what it takes to get there. Especially if they're going in like to the English field or the creative writing field. Like if you want to be an English teacher, you better be able to read. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But also like if you, if you're not going into a reading or writing intensive field and you don't care like, you don't want to put in the hours that it's going to take. And it is going to take hours upon hours to get proficient. And you've got bigger oh, yeah. fish to fry. You still need to know the alphabet, like Cole said. But mm-hmm. I don't know that it's important to, like, drill Braille literacy on a Perkins or anything like that, like I was. Like, I don't think, I don't think it's worth the extra hassle and stress of that in someone who's just lost their vision and is struggling as it is with every other aspect of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I have basically the same opinion. I think every, if you are a student or you have a student who is blind and they're still in like any stage of like elementary school, Braille literacy is absolutely vital yep. because Definitely. you can't, like Cole, you know, went blind, but like you read books in print before oh, yeah. going blind. So oh, you yeah. understand like where a comma needs to go and sure. you know, things like that. Students mm-hmm. who are young and who don't get those experiences will yeah. never ever learn those rules because you know, a sighted person reads a book and you see grammatical structure and you see yeah spelling oh we love spelling Uh, (laughs) i don't have never met a blind person that could spell (laughs) um and you you know you see like all of that so regularly so if any kind of like elementary age student is not reading for themselves i mean audiobooks don't tell you where the commas Mm -hmm. are people reading out loud to you don't tell you when there's a period so you've got to have your hands on oh, that that's, that's ex- to have any hope of having like grammatical accuracy to have that foundational future. structure uh, yeah yeah absolutely yeah. and those are things you have to learn because i mean even if you choose to take like the act or sat <sighs> orally you still have to tell them where you put oh the yeah comments. i mean that's like that's, in your writing that's the entirety of the english those. portion <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean really it's like it's really necessary for a good understanding of the English language, in my opinion. When, yeah, um, absolutely. At that age. In high school, people that lose their vision later in life, it's a much more complicated situation. Like we've already kind of talked about, like, there are some fields and careers. I mean, you know, if you're going to college, it could be helpful to know some Braille in case you need to grab a Braille display and use grade one Braille sure, with punctuation. Sure. Or you need to read the bathroom sign or the elevator like those things are i think necessary yep. to some extent because mm-hmm. ira doesn't work in elevators so you no, gotta nope. have some way to figure yeah. it out you know yeah. um and so things like that are important but do you have to learn the 300 and what is it now 57 contractions <laughs> yeah, I think so. after eba eae or after ueb i mean uh like you know maybe not maybe not so i think <laughs> right. that depends but Definitely, I think students, like, absolutely necessary. And along that line, Nimeth is, like, absolutely necessary, in my opinion. Yeah. Right. If you're yeah. trying to teach um, math, so you, you need learned... to know Braille. Yeah. Right. In so elementary never school, teach... anyway. 
yeah. So if you never teach like the English Braille, then things are going to get way complicated when you start when you, going yeah, into in math. math. So our next question has a little bit of context. My daughter is one and totally blind. I'm in contact with early intervention services, but would really appreciate more resources slash support groups for parents. Also, do you have any guidance on how to make my home accessible and early skills to work on? P.S. Your podcast and YouTube channel have been a huge comfort and amazing resource. So first of all, Aww, first thanks. of all, thank you. Yes, yes. That, yes. that means thank a lot. You. That's we love that's, to hear it. We're yes. really glad we've been helpful. <laughs> that's exactly what we want to do. So it's, yes, it's really nice to hear that. Yes, absolutely. Someone finds our like rants enjoyable. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So, um, in terms of resources and support groups for parents, I think NAPV. NAPVI, National Association of Parents of the Visually Impaired. Parents of the Visually Impaired. Yeah. Something like, like that. that. Yeah. Uh, is a really good resource that my mom used when I was a lot younger. I will try to link their website in the show notes of this podcast. I'm not sure how active some chapters are still, but that's worth looking into. Um, in terms of other supports, I think the biggest support group out there is all of the groups on Facebook. I'm sure there are just Facebook groups of parents of visually impaired children who have congregated and mm -hmm. that can be a huge help to just Absolutely. communicate with other parents in your situation. However, it is important to, you know, do your own research and don't just take another parent's word on something for granted because, sure. you know, sure. everybody's in a different situation and not everybody knows what they're doing sometimes so you know yeah. keep that in mind but that can be a really good resource yeah I think as far as like making your home accessible too like I think people have a lot of ideas about you know oh you're really gonna have to like change your entire way of life to have a blind child in your home and that really isn't the case no. in most situations like no. the biggest things that I can say is do not leave things in the floor like absolutely you know, not if you toys and things they have to be mm -hmm. put up as soon as play is over especially like I don't know if she's walking yet but whenever that becomes a thing you know we don't want people face planting mm -hmm. on toys yeah. um and that also goes for like pet toys dishwashers. and oh, oh yes dishwashers. leaving dishwashers and cabinets open my mom will tell you stories about me walking smack into open like cabinets mm -hmm. they were like mm -hmm. right at my forehead height for yeah. a while. I would just yeah. like not smack into those and it, you know but i'm still here to tell the tale so if it happens you know it's okay yeah. um but i mean the base the main thing that that i would say is basic organization so don't have things sure. in the middle of the floor or don't have you know have uh when like when she starts getting older specific places for basically everything from yeah you know the fridge when it comes time for that the cabinets when it comes time for that keep things uh, in the same place yes, yeah toys ha need to have a place clothes need to have a place like because that is how at least I personally as a blind person thrive like I don't have to see it and that was how it was in my house too but I know exactly where to go to find what I need so there is no like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. groping around for things in the well there's always going to be some groping around sure, in the fridge but, but you yeah. know for yeah. the most part, and, and things like that. <laughs> right, yeah. Fr fridge fridge is a little bit different. <laughs> but 
Yeah, no, I think keeping things in the same place. You know, it's hard because she's only one, right? Yeah. So it, it's a bit hard to f- fully, like, you know, make everything accessible because, she, you know, maybe she, if she's not walking around yet, it's not necessarily all those things you have to worry about. But yeah, you know, going forward, yeah, organization and keeping things clean, making sure that there aren't things that are open that are just going to be painful hazards. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right now, I don't think there's really a whole lot to do. That's just kind of something that you're going to implement as she gets older. Just keep in mind about in the future. Yeah. yeah, the main thing is organization, in my opinion. Like, everything needs to have its place and, like, make yep. a system and stick to it, basically. Don't change the system without telling her. Don't, you know, just haphazardly leave things wherever because she's not going to be able to see it, even if it's three feet out of place. You know, that's a big deal mm-hmm. to someone that, who that can't is a, see yeah, it. Yeah, that could be a huge difference, yeah. Yeah. And then as she gets older, you know, dots on appliances, labels yeah. on things as needed, things like that. Um, In terms of early skills to work on, fine motor strength is going to be oh, yes. really, really, really important. Get mm-hmm. her... You know, working with silly putty with beads in it. That's something that people did with me. Um, pushing down on like hole punches that have sort of like keys that you push down on. That's going to kind of simulate Braille. Um, okay. Things like that. Get her hands on as many different textures and surfaces and things like that as you possibly can. Lots and lots and lots of tactile toys and Things that you have to turn and squeeze and pull. Boppets are really good. Uh, I'll link those in the show notes. But things like that to just get her using her hands a lot, as often as possible for everything is going to be really important. Obviously, you know, make sure she's safe. Um, Things like that. Let her, you know, dig in sand and dirt and things like that. Let her be a kid, but make everything tactile. (laughs) That makes sense. Yes. Yeah. But also give her yeah. crayons. And Absolutely. Crayons for blind kids crayons. Too. Finger paints. <laughs> I loved finger painting. Oh my gosh. Finger <gasps> painting. Painting with vegetables is also fun. Like broccoli. Watercolors. I've never painted with vegetables. What? Oh, it's That's so awesome. cool. Potato stamps, man. Yes. Um, That's awesome. Also yeah. working with yeah. like modeling clay, all the Play-Doh. Yeah. Play-Doh. Put- yeah. Yeah. Putty. Yeah. All yeah. Um, work on like identifying shapes and things like that get like different shaped things even different kinds of like little bears and little frogs and have her sorting big medium and large things like that that are just basic skills that you're going to be working on with any child but make it extra tactile because that's going to give her a lot of like problem solving abilities and fine motor skills that she's really 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 going to need in the future Right. Whenever it's not a choking hazard, Legos can be cool. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> but obviously you're going to want to wait until they're not going to try to eat them all. Yeah. Um, I think basically something that I think we've said a lot on the podcast as far as, and none of us are parents. So, you know, thank right. all this is, this right. is what we, yeah. we had, but um, any experience that a sighted child her age would enjoy, like she can also enjoy it. Like base except for lights. Don't take games, her to see Christmas lights. You no. Know, oh my yeah. gosh she's not like, gonna care that's fun if there's like happy christmas music in the background but sometimes you know, are boring you know assess um, your child but you know <laughs> most of the time oh my gosh yeah 
we love we love christmas live viewing trips yes. sitting in the car for hours to uh-huh. just sit in the car for more hours um <laughs> oh, but yeah no just all the experience all the tactile things be organized and i mean yeah 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 also something that can be really helpful is getting her hands on braille early on we talked about this a little bit earlier but braille in this situation is going to be really important like you have an opportunity yeah, to create you, a very yes. proficient braille reader please capitalize on this opportunity yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah so yeah. you know you can get braille blocks like wooden blocks that have braille on them i'll try to link them in the show notes too and that can be really, really right useful. yeah i have had one of those like leapfrog magnetic fridge things that had like three letter slots and you put the letters in to make a three letter word and it like told you what all the letters were and the letters were raised print letters but then my tv put braille letters on there so if you have like a braille labeler that that way you could just like push the print label and it prints out the braille label then you could yeah. like do things like you know that's probably a little bit older but Definitely that was older. super right. like feeling the print letter having the braille letter hearing the letter making the word like super yeah. good there's right, also yeah. something called the braille buzz now that i'll link in the description that is kind of a early learning leapfrog like braille toy that i think can be really useful all right our next question advice for blind people living alone for the first time uh, make all your a- plants as tactile be organized Make sure that you know how to access transit around you. Yeah, but to say, yeah, mm. where you're going outside of wherever you're living is also really important. So whether that's transit yes. or if you have routes, make sure you have those absolutely down before you fully move in alone. You want to have it out with an O&M instructor. Um, Just preemptively buy an IRA subscription. You're going to want yep. it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you'll want that. Yeah. Be sure you know how everything in your house works before you let people leave you there unsupervised. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. Don't let your people leave without showing you how at least the washer and dryer work because those are sometimes really weird. Also, your thermostat is really important. That's going to be something oh, that you yeah. are yep. going to want to be able to operate. And sometimes those are really weird. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you know your oven and stuff. You can kind of figure out later if you need to, but that's something to think about. You need to put dots on it. Is it going to work with the dots on it? Because sometimes the capacitive touch ones don't. Be yeah. sure this is a big one, and it's kind of a weird one because I think we kind of miss out on it a lot. Be sure you know how to clean, like yeah. what to clean, what to use on every surface, where to clean. What Have not someone to use. tell you those what? surfaces yes. that you might forget, <laughs> like the top of my windowsill, which is now. Literally, I could just like wipe my finger across and push dust off of. Um, have yeah. some kind of method for cleaning your door, your floors, not your doors. I guess your doors too, but your floors are more important. <laughs> uh, right. Vacuuming, mopping, like know how you're gonna do that. Make sure you can, because you know, don't don't be gross. a gross human. Yeah. And we yeah. we have a whole podcast on like specifics. If you want to check that yeah. out, but just know how to do that and where. Yeah practice while you're still at home practice with your people make sure you're not leaving weird Mm -hmm. soap streaks on surfaces make sure that you're getting everything good and clean just you know practice Mm -hmm. that and also if you can afford to do so and you want to there's no shame in hiring someone to come deep clean like if you want somebody to just come in once a month and touch up because you're gonna you're gonna miss stuff like you're nobody's there are many lazy sightlings that do that so you should never feel like no shame in that if that's something that you want but you should be able to if you break glass how are you gonna deal with it 
if mm-hmm. you spill oh, yeah. milk everywhere, how are you going to deal with it? Things like that. Make sure you have, you know, a game plan and some skills under your belt for that. Also yep. things like if you have a service animal or an ESA or pets, yep. Uh, yep. how are you going to A, deal with their hair, B, like, you know, take them out, know where those places are, know what you're going to do with your litter. Uh, Cause we had to figure that out the hard way after everyone left and we had no idea what to do when we moved in here. <laughs> yep. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. And so just like really just like preparation, I think is key. And yes. obviously like, Cooking is an obvious skill that you need. Like you, you have to know how to cook. We've you gotta gone be over to that feed before. Yourself. But but yes. the more things that I think that cook, every blind person is worried about cooking, but every blind person doesn't think of. Wait a second, what am I gonna do with this litter? <laughs> like, where's yeah. it gonna go? Yeah, we adopted yeah. cats and then realized that if we put cat litter in our trash can, it would smell up the entire apartment. So we had yeah. to go find an outdoor <laughs> trash can. And yes. you know, if you have dogs or cats or whatever you're probably gonna need to know where an outdoor trash can is for yep, that yep. purpose how to get stains out of your carpet how to get stains <laughs> yep. out of your clothing <laughs> oh mm-hmm. my gosh the amount of things that i've googled in the past like month which again <laughs> a lot of this having an ira subscription we should get sponsored by ira at this we point. should but um you know that can really be helpful because like I did not have to figure out how to get the coffee out of my pajama pants. I literally called Ira and I was like, I Googled this, but you have got to tell me if I have it. And then I got a really nice agent and she helped me. And so, you know, that's acceptable, but just literally preparing for every imaginable scenario. And then you're still going to forget something. So just like, know that you're probably going to. That's what I'm going to, that was, that's what I was going to say is you're not going to be able to prepare for everything. Right. Yeah. That's it. But having tools to the big points that are really well for sure um and then also you know ira can help you with those things that you might forget you know to 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 think about you have Mm -hmm. you have those tools to help you if you are in a situation where you're like i don't know what to do you know what i mean Uh, another um, really 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 big thing to deal with before anybody leaves fire safety how are you going yeah. to get out yes. if the fire alarm goes off? And where are you going to go? And yeah. what are you going to grab yeah. in that process? And where are you going to put it so you have easy access to it? So, like, my yep. phone is always by my bed. If that fire alarm goes off, I'm grabbing my phone. I'm grabbing my dog. I'm grabbing my cane off the door. And we're going outside. And we're going to walk yeah. into the parking yep. lot because the parking lot is safer than fire. There was this experience during my freshman year of college where I was living in the dorm and I was never really there but this one time I happened to be there while there was a fire drill happening and I had no idea where to go but the smoke alarms were going off and so I walked out then they put in the group we were going to have a fire drill so I knew it wasn't real so I just like walked out the front door and stood like right outside the front door like I have no idea where to go Lo and behold, someone comes out the door and it's the one other blind person who lived there. And we're both just standing there. And I'm like, do you know where we're supposed to go? And he's like, no, do you know? And I was like, no. So the two blind, like somebody did us dirty because both of us managed to have no idea where we were supposed to go. Turns out we went out the entirely wrong exit. And so like, hope the fire didn't make those doors lock or whatever. Like there were doors in my dorm that I did not know existed until I moved out. And so don't be that person. Know where the exits are. Know your nearest exits for sure. Yeah. Next question. So our next question is kind of a long one. High school English teacher here. 
I have a blind student who is struggling with finding evidence in text and quoting it properly in mm. reading responses and research papers. She says it's really hard to locate specific quotes in text since she can't highlight as she reads. I often have students work in groups to form arguments for various topics and practice forming thesis statements and supporting paragraphs. And she often cannot keep up with her group. I know it's hard for her, but she wants to go to college for social work. And I feel like this is an extremely important skill for her to have. Any tips? She has a Windows laptop with JAWS, iPad, and Braille Note Touch. Okay, so first okay. of all, this is an extremely important skill for her to have in yes. social work, especially mm -hmm. like in any academic field. In any academic really, yeah. setting, you if would be going doing to be going her to a disservice yeah. to not teach this. I think this is definitely a reasonable expectation. And also, like, applause to you for like realizing that it's a reasonable expectation. Yes. The good, good news yeah. is uh, that there are a lot of teachers that won't. Yeah, she has the resources to make it happen. So I'll go first because I know Caitlin's going to have a lot of really good deep advice because this is like her field, it's literally. Her field. Um, but in my experience, just like non-English related, I need to quote articles. I need to find evidence. She has enough devices at her disposal to have a device that she's reading on and also a device that she's typing the quotes she wants to use on. So as far as like taking something home, Finding quotes, like, it is time-consuming and frustrating and tedious, but it's very possible. And I, I, it's not, like, I don't think that should be out of any student's reach as long as they're a, you know, fluent Braille reader. Um, as far as the in-class assignments go, though, like, that is tough because I have never been able to keep up with groups in that. Yeah. I don't know, maybe Caitlin will have some better advice, right. but, like, no, just because no. of how much longer it takes. I mean, sitting down like a sighted person reads a chapter highlights the quotes they want to use they can look at them and go back like it takes like you know two seconds to highlight a quote and it takes like two minutes to read it letter by letter punctuation mark by punctuation mark and type it down so like yeah. it's literally double to triple the amount of time to read it and then go find quotes so like the in-class participation is a much more i think a much more difficult uh thing that we would have to tackle right yeah okay so i do have thoughts on this a lot of thoughts so creative writing major here if you didn't know from our previous podcast i i do a lot of this a lot a lot i do a lot <laughs> um yeah. so i'm with macy on the group stuff if you can either cut the finding quotes portion from the group work or like don't do group work for that because that is hard and I don't have tips mm -hmm. for her keeping up with that like that is that's unreasonable yeah. to expect her to be able to keep up with the group and find the quotes at the same speed that the other students are finding it like that you know that's that's a it lot it just doesn't work it just right. doesn't it's not the the workflow that we have to follow is not conducive to, to be done in the middle of a class. Yeah, yeah, in the middle of a class. If you can, okay, so always give her the topic before she reads 
anything. Like always make mm-hmm. sure that she knows what she's looking for before she the reads the first time. Anything. Yes. The first yes. time she reads it, don't make her read it and then give her the topic and then make her read it again. Because she'll have to reread it again. She'll it's have to reread it again, word by word. She can't skim. Yeah. It's not good. Um however, if she has the topic beforehand, there's no reason why she can't find these quotes if you give her enough time to do so. If you can give them the night before, that would be great. Now, this is going to be on her to take the initiative to find the quotes outside of class. And it's going to be awful, and she's going to hate it. I hated it, too, but it's just, you know, what we got to do to get through academia. And if she's serious about college, then she needs to have that dedication and initiative right now. Yep. It's a great Um, thing to develop. Yes. Right now. I'm assuming this is probably an upper level high school student too. So this is really important. So what I would do, she's got an iPad. She's got a Braille display. Bluetooth the Braille display to the iPad. Open the thing that you're reading in Voice Dream Reader. You can Mm. essentially highlight in Voice Dream. So you can make like bookmarks. I don't like that because it's just, it's an obnoxious extra step sometimes. But I will go and I will select the quotes in Voice Dream. The page number is right at the bottom of the screen. So you've got your citation info. Copy and paste that to a note, literally in the notes app. Put the page Ah. number beside it. Next quote. And you can keyword search in Voice Dream Reader. So it's going to show you, like when you search in Voice Dream, it's going to pull up this like list of places where this word has appeared where that word shows up snippet and then you can find it easily so you know it's time consuming but it can be done relatively easily that way also another tool to use if she doesn't already have this kurzweil kurzweil 1000 on a windows laptop is an annotator's dream you can make notes, you can make bookmarks, you can do all kinds of stuff within Kurzweil as long as you learn the commands and then you can export all of the things that you've bookmarked and noted to a document with page numbers and you've got your summary and your like essentially your research outline in a document that Kurzweil generates after you've selected everything that you want. So that That is sounds amazing. so good. Yeah, it's amazing, but it, there's a learning curve to Kurzweil. But it's it's really good if you figure it out. Voice Dream Reader is kind of the pick up and go if you know voiceover solution. Kurzweil's the I really want to learn this solution. This might be a me thing. I can type things and have them with page numbers faster than I can do it in Voice Dream. But not everyone is going to be like that. And Voice Dream, I think, too, is the more like everything is in one place. And also a sighted person could look at Voice Dream Reader and know what was happening, whereas a sighted person could not look at the random, I mean, I guess they could, but it would be a lot less clean for them to look at the random Word doc that I opened or, like, note that I opened to type all these quotes into with, like, page numbers and stuff, so. Yeah, so another option, if she is primarily reading this in Braille on her Braille note, is to type in another document on her laptop or iPad or I'm assuming you can have two documents open at the same time on a Braille note, so you could copy and paste if that works well. I have never worked with a Braille note touch enough to know, but that is a possibility if that's something yeah, that she's I interested think in. That could get interesting because 
so in my experience, copying and pasting on the Braille sense, it works, but you can't like send it to a sighted person afterward because you're copying typically from a Bookshare download, which is like a BRF file into like a Word document. And so like, and at that point, the Braille sense doesn't see it as words. It sees it as Braille. And so then when you try to like send the Word doc to someone, it doesn't work. But I've never used a Braille note, so it might not have that problem. And I've never tried it on the Braille sense in years. So it might be fixed. Yeah. Just be prepared that that could happen. Yeah. Right. Also, something that I do want to say for you as the teacher, know that our page numbers are not always going to line up with your page numbers in books. And sometimes we don't know that. So if she's way off on the page count by like 10 pages, she probably... If she's got the quote. Yeah, if she's got the quote, give her the points, basically, because the page numbers well, are probably going to be wonky. Sometimes but, we don't even have page numbers. Yeah, sometimes yeah. we don't even sometimes have Sometimes we have nothing. Numbers. So if she's telling you, I can't find the page number, I can't find the page number, she's probably It's right. probably legit. Yeah, it's, that's yeah, probably legit. But you should hold her to formatting standards for citations, because sure, yes, yeah. that's hard, but it is doable. And it, it, well, and it's yes. important, too. It, it's very important for college, especially, so... Yeah, mm-hmm. good on you for seeing that this is important and re- recognizing that it is possible. And now question, with this too. information, yeah. it's kind of on her to implement it however she sees fit. You can, you know, play this for her and she can take our suggestions as she wills. Sure. And if you would like to set up a Zoom meeting with us and her, then we can do that. We that is something that. that we can yeah. do if you want yeah. to do that. Uh, next question, moving on to a little bit of socialization. Do you have any advice for making friends as a blind student? My daughter is 16 and struggling to connect with her classmates. She says they don't really bully her. They just don't make an effort to include her. Yeah. Story of our lives. Yeah. 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 Um, She's not alone. We're going to be. No. Nope. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) It's so common to like, people will be there. You can, you know, sit at their lunch table or like yep. do whatever, but then they all start passing around the phone with the memes and no yeah. one's describing yep. the memes and you're just sitting there and it's like nothing terrible is happening right now. They're not, you know, calling names or or like doing terrible things, but like, what are you supposed to do? They're passing around a cell phone with pictures on it. And sometimes you can only yeah. say wait, what is it? So many times before you right. just give up. Because before, no yeah, one... before you're just like, okay, I don't care. It's not worth it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The struggle yeah. is real. She is not then, yeah. alone. Definitely not no. alone. I think the important thing to recognize here, and this you know, this doesn't make it better, but I think it's important for you as the sighted parent in this situation to realize this is probably something that's already sank in for her. She is not in the same place in life as those students, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, 16, they're driving, she can't. Mm-hmm. 16, they're probably way into, you know, fashion and gossip and meme culture and all of these things dating. that she can't fully, yeah, dating, which blind Ooh, people can absolutely straight. experience dating, but it's not- But it's this, hard and It's hard school. and it's not the same and they can't just sit at a table and talk about boys with all of these- And we don't know who's hot. Yeah, we don't know who's hot. We don't understand what people are, you know, referencing when they're talking about people sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's we also don't know who's behind us. We yep. never know yep. if the person we're talking about is in earshot. 
So it's hard. Or if there's a, a teacher nearby. Or if there's oh a teacher. Oh my gosh. Or the yep. principal. Or somebody else's mom. Like, yep. you know, yep. we, we don't know. <laughs> it can be very risky. Very all of us thinking of specific situations, right? Oh, yeah. Now. Yeah. yeah, we're all thinking of times <laughs> yep. that, that this has happened to us. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so I think, you know, you understand that it's probably not on her. Like, if you're pushing her to socialize more, which is something that my mom did a lot, you know, cut her some slack. Like it's she's, it's 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 so hard, especially now. Yeah, it's really high hard. High school is hard enough as it is. Um, you know, I think if you know, obviously it's hard because we don't know her. But mm-hmm. um, if she has certain interests or hobbies, whether that's something like theater, or if it, you know, maybe there's a creative writing club or something like that. I know a lot of high schools uh, are pushing for a lot of you know student. Uh, organizations yeah uh, yeah in in things like that so if, if she has a specific hobby finding other pe- people to connect with so that you guys can talk about that topic mm-hmm. or or you know in things that relate to that um can get you know you can start to develop that bond and stuff like that but yeah no it's hard and i don't i hope you know nobody is making her feel like she you know is not like this, like this is her fault or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't. It's it, it's not, and this is unfortunately something that happens way too often. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One I, thing I will say, and so this is not like necessarily parenting advice because this is a definitely like personal comfort level, you know, dependent piece of advice. Mm-hmm. But what the I kid you not, the thing that has helped me most as a blind person socially not kidding it's blind jokes because mm-hmm. like the problem is yeah. not that people are purposefully excluding you or or her or us it's usually that they don't know how to interact and they're afraid to ask questions they're mystified it's never yeah by blind yeah. People. yeah and so if you just you know you walk in and you're like you know oh didn't see you there if you like run into somebody or just like things like that that make blindness an okay thing to talk about, for me, at least personally, that has opened the door for a lot of people to be like, so I need to ask you what you need. And then I can yeah. be like, I need you to tell me what the memes are because I cannot follow the conversation until you start doing that. Yeah. Or like, yeah. and just not being afraid to like, you know, ask or to talk about blindness. Now, some people aren't comfortable with that. And if you're not, you know, that's okay. It's not like a, and you're not going to start doing that one day. And then the next day, boom, 10 friends, you know, no. right. but it's something that's helped me a lot to just like put it in the air. And also, you know, <laughs> make yourself the most interesting thing in the room. Cause me talking about blind camp is more interesting than any me. Oh, you're yeah. Gonna have. oh yeah. Yeah. And so like, that's something that I've learned. And so like, use it to your advantage, you know, not to be like, be manipulative, but you know, if you have interesting you've things got, to say, you've got you've got cool stories that you can tell yeah. in a perspective <laughs> that none of them have ever been through. You know what Absolutely. I mean? So yes, you know, in a lot of that also is is your own social comfort level, right? Um, yeah. And in that also depends on the kind of the group of people that you're with as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but yeah, I mean, making jokes and things like that, things that help those people realize that you are not just uh, a blind person but you're, you're you're another high schooler that just happens to be blind mm-hmm. you know um is is i think 
one of the biggest keys to helping yourself socially, but yeah, you know, it's, it's not easy. And of course you should never do anything that you're uncomfortable with just for the sake of making more right. friends. Don't you know take I mean? right. yourself. Don't it's do not that. worth it. Yeah, exactly. No. I also think bringing like a deck of Braille Uno cards can yes oh yes that's a great that's a great one too hey who wants to play uno and then you're playing uno you're not looking at memes which you know in my experience that Mm -hmm. only works so many times because people get sick of the same game and memes become more interesting than you and your braille uno cards but that can be for a while you can do yeah for a while it's a good but but also even even that opens up uh, the door for the conversation about blindness because they'll be like so how do you play can you read this braille yeah. you know what i mean and then you can kind of discuss some of that stuff just to get some of that just like you were saying macy get it out in the air and talk about it right. um and then people can be like oh wow that's actually really cool you yeah. know what i mean um and no yeah, i think i think you know set down a game of braille uno sounds you know can work now yeah. another just like random thing this only works like once you reach a certain point but something that I found helped me a lot and also made me more comfortable was like the big social events. I always try to have them at my house. So like after prom night, yes, yep. my house after like homecoming, my house, because the like one of the problems being a blind high schooler, especially versus like college student was that sure. like, like we talked about, we can't drive and mm-hmm. we also cannot function in other people's homes. It yeah. is just a not fact. the same like, way for sure. It's bad. No, or I don't want to go. If you're like my class, where I grew up in a very small town, they didn't go to somebody's house. They went out to Moss Creek Pond in the woods. Yes, I can't do yeah. that. <laughs> well, no, and it's that like is you not never... safe. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like I don't want to. I don't want to go to this like party or whatever that's at somebody's house when you where don't I trust have to ask keep up with you. water. Mm-hmm. that too but just like i i don't want to be inconvenient like that's not you know not that blind people are but that's how i felt and so sure. it's like if i could make everything in in an environment where i could already function where and i, I could do it and then it's like i get to tell people like where the bathroom is and it's like you know then it puts i think it personally it put me in a way better situation and if you cool. make those events something that people like want to be at you know once you like get to that point then it it really can help a lot. Right. Yeah. Well, and also being somewhere that you're just, that, that you're comfortable with, I think is also just really important, you know, being able yes. to, to be like, you know, this is, this is uh, a comfortable space for me. I know this place well and things like that. Cause you know, sometimes there can be, I don't know how many people, but sometimes it can be loud and, you know, and having to deal with, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I know sometimes when I've had people come over to my house, they, they love to like, since I am, you know, just running around my house because it's my house, they love to stand in the way all the time. So sometimes yeah. that can be really frustrating. But yeah. you know, that plow them over, yeah. they'll stop. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Run, run right through. <laughs> but, yeah, we also did a, a a podcast specifically on socializing um, with oh, sightlings. So right, we did do that. Um, and yeah. so that's I'll another link one that you can also go, well. go check yes. out. Um, something else, just another tip here. It can be hard when people are having a conversation and they're not like actively saying your name and including you and making an effort to draw you in. Like if you just sit at a table with these people and then they don't talk to you and they are talking Mm -hmm. about something that you can relate to in any way, it's good to insert yourself. Like 
literally mm-hmm. insert yourself in the conversation, open your mouth, say words, be part of it. Don't just sit there and not talk and wait on them to include you because they probably won't. But if you do include yourself in any way possible, it will open the door for them to do that in the future or at least, you know, get them used to you talking somewhat. That's (laughs) something that can be hard to do, but especially, you know, once you're in not so much high school, I'm assuming this is a class that probably has known her for a while unless you guys just moved. But, you know, people who have been around you forever probably are kind of maybe a little set in their ways but once she starts college or anything like that to make new connections it's really important to have the confidence to walk up to people and say hi and have a conversation about something that you can talk about that's something that really only comes with practice and being put in situations where you have to over and over and over again until you get used to it and it's not easy and i don't want it to, I don't want people no. to feel like we're I just saying, oh, just like go a- talk to people, you know, right. Yeah. yeah. Like well, you as the parent shouldn't say, go talk to people. Like, just go talk to people. Because that's something that I got a lot from my family. That's yeah. not just something she can do. Like, that is it, something. Yeah, it's, it's not helpful. It honestly makes helpful. feel it worse. It just makes it more pressure on her. And, yeah. you know, saying, yeah, I understand. And maybe allowing her or pointing her in the direction of blind friends that she can vent to would be helpful too. But, you know, just understand Absolutely, that right. it's hard she and that's something hard. that she's going to have to work through. Yeah. So, But also finding blind friends to vent to can be really, really helpful just in confidence building in general, like people who are yeah. also there. And then also internet friends, like we've talked about before, they don't have to know she's blind. So yep. yeah, obviously you're the parent asking this question. Make sure your kid's safe on the internet. But also be the cool parent who gives your kid a little bit of slack in the reins so she can find her own place in in friend group and things like that. All right. (gasps) This one's a quick one and a fun one and a hard one. If you could only have three blindy apps on your phone, what would they be and why? Okay. My question is, does Instacart count? Yeah. (laughs) Like, what are both of us blindy apps? We use them because we're blind, but but are they like okay specifically? Does that count as a, yeah? What, I feel like the target demographic has to be a blind person for it to be considered a blindy app, right? Okay, so like made specifically for the blind and visually impaired apps. Then that's yes. easy. Ira, Ira, nearby Explorer or Blind Square because you can't get nearby Explorer anymore. But if you put in like apps that I use because I'm blind and wouldn't otherwise use, then it's easily Uber, Instacart, uh, Ira. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Because that's but... the most versatility. Yeah. For sure. All yeah. right. Last one. This is a good one. TVI here. What are the top three most important lessons your TVIs taught you, and what's one thing you wish they'd worked on more? Great question. Mm. Number one is Braille. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, if I haven't talked about that enough. Okay. This one is kind of broad, but self-advocacy skills yeah like my tvi was the big person who drilled self-advocacy skills and also like along the lines of like character building like perseverance and like it's gonna take you twice as long but you're gonna do it anyway holding myself Mm -hmm. to high standards like overall character like those kind of skills building that yeah it's it's hard to pinpoint like a specific lesson if you will but a general concept right 
of of, of self advocacy of you know you know putting your head down and, and going to work and realizing that that you can do this as long mm-hmm. as you if you give yourself the time yeah um those are extremely important you know any you know lessons where where, where TVIs are like you know what I'm you're just gonna go do this and I'm just gonna watch you you know what I mean yeah. um instead of oh, let me, you know, help you through a situation, right? Right. Um, yeah. Having them basically be like, I'm just going to watch you until it, it, unless you absolutely need help. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and if they are maybe a little lost, you know, letting them figure their way out of it is really important, right? Yeah. Um, do- skills. Yeah. Uh-huh. Don't just be like, oh, oh, you, you, you messed up here. Let, let's just, let's just start over. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Let, let them figure it out because that, like we discussed at the very, very beginning is, you know, is extremely important in terms of building that confidence. Yeah. Also assistive technology. Those of are my course. three. Braille, right. general life skills, assistive technology. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think that's good. So my TVI, she did a lot of weird stuff with me. I specifically <laughs> remember her having me cut up a whole pineapple. <laughs> 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 Which you wouldn't think would be useful, but like, <laughs> I vividly I remember You're that day chopper. and routinely think about it every time I'm trying to figure out how to do something new. (laughs) Good old Also, every time I use a knife. Yeah. Yep. That really made an impact, man. You Um, can chop an onion faster than me, definitively. Yes. Yes, I can. (laughs) I'm very proud of that. (laughs) Yeah. Makes me feel accomplished. But also just like Thing, teaching problem solving skills in ways that you wouldn't necessarily think would be necessarily yeah, useful yeah. like I remember putting a cabinet together with my TBI and that gave me a foundation yeah. to put other furniture together like I'm totally comfortable putting anything like that together now and yeah. mm-hmm. you know that's something that also kind of teaches a you can and you will mindset like yep. you know yep. a lot of people say you can't do that you're blind my family included of course but mm-hmm. um, you can with, you know, a little help the first time to give those foundations and things like that yeah. can be really important. Also, once you develop those tools. Once you have those tools, you 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 can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, my CVI encouraged a healthy dose of sarcasm throughout every aspect of life, which I find <laughs> very useful in dealing yes. with the general public now. Yes. And yes. She also taught me how to write a darn good email advocating for myself. Oh, yeah. So yep. that's nope. something that's really important. Like Advocacy skills. If you're TBI, make your students write the gripey emails to the teachers asking for accommodations to be implemented properly. Teach yep. them how yeah. to At do least it the first one. At least the first one. Because that's going to you know, yeah. be a skill that they carry throughout the rest of their life. Their life. That's yeah. one of the whether, that, whether that's with employers, whether that's uh, professors in college. Yeah. So what are your definitive top three, Caitlin? Definitive top three would be problem solving skills, advocacy, and I feel like I have to put Braille in there. Yeah. Right. Can I do right. Braille yeah. slash assistive tech? Yeah. yeah. Does, does that count? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, not yeah. really. But, yeah, <laughs> but okay. yeah. we get it. Man, one thing, TVI wish they would worked on more. So I actually have my answer to this one. Um, I actually dealt with this three times yesterday. And for oh, yeah. the record, I also love my TVI. 
And yeah. like, she prepared me in so many ways. Hi, Miss Teresa. She also listens to this. Um, <laughs> uh, like, so grateful for everything. I don't know how we missed this. I have memories of us working on this, but I, I guess we didn't do it enough. Fine motor skills, mine are not where they should be. And like, it's not bad. Like I can play piano, you know, I, I can like put on a necklace. I can do a keychain. I can use scissors, but it's not right. instinctive. Like when I, okay. Yesterday, um, Caitlin gave me my Christmas present, which was a treat pouch. Cause I'm getting a guide dog <gasps> in the oh. uh, next month. Yeah. Yes. Ah, so, so exciting. Um, but like I, there's a keychain for the poop bag dispenser and I yeah. can, could not get it open. And in the same day, she got me a bracelet <laughs> that it took me 10 minutes to put on myself. And it's like yeah. when I got my Apple Watch, it's like I can do these things. And I, when I figure out the like movements and get it into muscle memory, I can do it. But like I can hand Caitlin a necklace and she can clasp it. For some reason, I don't have that skill. Like I don't think we, yeah. we never, I don't think we ever like put together a cabinet. I think the elementary skills were there. I was in occupational therapy actually up through like sixth grade. Um, and like the academic skills were there, but like, as we moved up, I don't think I ever progressed to like the point that a sighted person, like I can't do, I can't use my fine motor skills in the same ways as most people, which is kind of wacky. Even things like right. braiding my hair took me forever to learn. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say doing things like uh, braiding hair counts as well, but like tying knots and stuff like that. Um, yes. j just learning those skills. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. I feel like that's definitely an underrated lesson that I feel like a lot of, I mean, I didn't do anything that was specifically motor skills. Then again, I also didn't start working with a TVI really until I was, you know, in eighth grade so and i could right. see up until that point so well and you totally were tying different. knots with boy scouts and stuff exactly either. i was yeah so i wasn't doing that mm -hmm. and i mean i think mm -hmm. just the general thing is like good enough like i wish we'd gone a little bit past good enough yeah yeah no i i can i can see where that could be extremely helpful even in yeah. you know, just the day-to-day -day life like <laughs> necklaces yeah. Uh, yeah yeah i don't know i mean we did the putty we did the silly putty with beads we did like cutting paper we did green brails we did braille we did tying shoes but just like i'm still just slightly behind in like interesting would take me significantly longer to learn how to put on a new necklace than the average bra i don't i don't know I don't okay know what but, we didn't uh, do, but also but... some necklace clasps are just the worst so yeah <laughs> but yeah yeah no, anyway, that's mine teach fine motor skills like serious fine motor skills like make them untangle earbuds <laughs> oh my gosh and, yeah yeah use embroidery floss and small tiny things make embroidery floss bracelets that's gonna be more beneficial than you could ever know yeah so yeah. Yeah. that's what i did over quarantine <laughs> <laughs> yep. oh man yeah. um so caitlin had to untangle my embroidery floss i, I did <laughs> <laughs> so uh. many times yeah. Mm -hmm. So for me, the biggest area I struggled with when I went to college was O&M. And I kind of hesitate to put that here because that's, you know, TVIs aren't typically O&M instructors. So like, right. that's not really in your realm necessarily. But I do think it's something that TVIs could work on easily throughout, mm -hmm. which my TVI did some O&M work with me. And that was 
very, very useful. But yep. I think it's something that you could kind of incorporate more, even just like if you're walking around the school. Yeah, right. around the school, like identifying landmarks and yep. things like that, really getting your students used to using a cane often every day mm -hmm. in a variety of contexts. Like if you're going somewhere, if you take your students like to a blindy conference or anything like that, make them use their cane to find, you know, certain things. Send your students into Walmart and make them ask for help finding something or that's big. use technology mm -hmm. to find mm -hmm. something like that can be that's teaching advocacy and O&M in one like if you can drop your students off in places and make them come meet you elsewhere that could be useful and a lot of this is more O&M instructor centric so right, you right. know like if you don't have the ability to do this then that's understandable but that's Fine. just something that if you are a TVI and you do have the opportunity to work on that's really 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 important because if you don't get those skills yeah, early on yeah. speaking from experience it's awful to deal with later another thing that i really did struggle with was math i mm -hmm. very much lacked a foundational understanding of math i learned right. nemeth at a pretty early age but i cannot for the life of me understand like basic algebra well I say basic algebra. I did fine through like the, you know, foundations of algebra, but like algebra one, I went down, like could not mm -hmm. understand visually how things happened. And then also like geometry is just a nightmare, which that's oh, yeah. oh geometry. geometry yeah. it, it's really bad for anybody, <laughs> but you know, I didn't really get a good foundational grasp of math. And I think that's you know, again, maybe it doesn't fall completely on the TBI, but if you are a TBI and you realize that your math teacher isn't doing everything that they could be doing, right. maybe step in and work with them and your student to really get those concepts down because it's yep. going to hurt them later if they don't. Break out the concepts. wiki sticks for geometry. Well, but, and something that's important because I think a lot of like the problem that you've described in the past was just no one realized how bad it was until it was too late. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I think like, just being sure to check in, like, you know, basic, like at the end of the year, like, can the student actually do everything that someone at their grade level would be able to do? And that way, you know, and like really do it, like do it on a Perkins showing their work kind of, yeah. and then just like, you know, make sure that all yeah. the right. skills are there. Cause yeah. math is so hard. Cause it's really A, hard. it's so hard to grasp. Classroom teachers very rarely accommodate in a way that is is good you can have an a in math and have no idea what's going on yeah. Uh, yeah. in a lot of cases and so just like I was. making sure yeah making sure that like everything is actually there you can actually do it all by yourself yep. in braille and you understand how it is don't really let the teachers important. cut corners when mm -hmm. it comes to you know what i mean because it's it's so vitally important and does Double checking that that everything is fully clicking with the student is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Cole, yeah. do you have your your thing that you wish you had? I would say Braille, but I just wish I had more time. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. In my in yeah. my life, that's that's not necessarily a, a, a TVI issue. We had so much that we needed to to figure out really fast. Maybe maybe some more computer specific work. I didn't really get super into using Jaws until. Uh, until I got to college, you know, they gave me my Windows computer. They said, here's JAWS on it. And I was like, oh, 
okay, well, I'm going to figure this out now since (laughs) they gave it to me. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, and then I stuck with that. And now I only use a Mac. Maybe just from the very beginning, using a Mac would have been good. But knowing Jaws and learning Jaws is also still really important. You know, again, it's just so hard because my timing was so different than a lot of other students. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, so unfortunate. Uh, but you got two years to be prepared to live <laughs> as a blind person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, it, you know, not not great. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I think, maybe, you know, maybe technology was, but I don't know if that's necessarily a knock on the, on the TVI as much as we had so much to do. Yeah, in general, I think as a TVI, getting your students' hands on as much technology as early on as possible and really learning it all is yep. super important. Because yep. the more technology you have at your disposal, the better off your students are going to be. Right. Yeah, and, and also doing it in a way that isn't just like, all right, here's how you open an email. Instead of doing that, say, all right, I want you to send me an email saying this, this, and this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, yeah. or something like that to give them an actual objective quantifiable thing that they can do that you can see exactly that they're doing it right and that it's you know and that they're learning it all right well that is our last question so we are gonna stop now we've been going at it for a while thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the challenge solutions podcast and special thank you to everybody who asked a question if you have any follow-up questions feel free to leave those in the comments on any of our social media platforms or send us an email vitalchallengesolutions at gmail.com also remember that if your question wasn't answered in this episode it might be answered in a future one or in a video on our youtube channel so keep an eye out for that if you guys liked this style of podcast and you want us to do more q a's please let us know that as well so we know that's something you're actually interested in we really enjoyed this so we hope you did too Remember that you can subscribe to the Challenge Solutions blog, podcast, and YouTube channel for more content like this. Thank you guys so much for listening, and stay tuned for the blooper reel. I gotta get more. We need more. I wish it wasn't so bitter. Caitlin, we are missing half of what you're saying. You need me to go bring you some tissues? No. Good. It's fine. I really don't want to. There are too many Good, because I'm not going to anyways. <laughs> I would have. If she'd said yes, I would have been like, all right, and then we would have dealt with the consequences. No, the it's not worth waiting. it. They will come in. They will come. They will invade. They will do terrible, terrible things. So, update for all the, the listeners out there. Caitlin and I, like, live together, and we have two cats and also a Labrador and they're a lot and they're congregating outside of our doors so that's where they we're are at. we locked them in the living room and went into our they're separate plotting. bedrooms to record yeah. and it is going to be bad when we exit <laughs> oh yeah they're gonna be hanging from the light fixtures and sitting <laughs> in the stew and <laughs> the living room's a mess climbing into the wine rack the wine rack we have it's a wine empty rack. <laughs> we should we should you know do the hello Hang on, right. we need to stop for two seconds. <laughs> all I can yeah. think about is that time when people, all the time, people have asked me how I deal with my period, and I don't think I should talk about that on the internet. But I would like to, but I'm you not should. going I to. Think fine. I, th- I, I think it's important. Five minutes into the podcast, though? Um, <laughs> how do I get from that to this? I was minding my own buzz- business.
I also have a Braille since Solaris. Solaris. That's the treatment my grandmother got. <laughs> since we're stopping, Caitlin, did you hear the giant gumbo bang coming from our living room? <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, I should go investigate or just let whatever happened happen. If this happens to be the last podcast we ever record, well, <laughs> I, think, uh, I think the animals finally fought back. Need coffee right now. I could hear you laughing in the other room, but not through the, the Zoom. <laughs> it was that really is... weird. Are you ready for me to say that again correctly? I hit my desk with my knee. <laughs> my knee. Anyway. My knee! My leg! AC.exe has stopped working. What triggered that? Uh, well, I picked up my watch, and then Siri started talking, and then I slapped it ferociously. <laughs> four times. That's and then it. I, that was really bad, and I also just got a new watch, so I shouldn't be aggressively slapping the screen with all my hands, and so I... And then I... You guys said you couldn't hear anything, and that was really funny because it would have been a really good blooper, but we lost it. Yeah. I'll just start over. That would be good. Yes. Do sure. we know if I finish the sentence? No. I think our cats might be shredding things. I'm sure they are. Sorry. I knew I was gonna have to put the. Gonna have to put the the coffee mug down, and it was gonna interrupt the middle of your question. And I tried to vocalize sooner, but I don't think it came through the microphone.